1: Hey everyone! You've got Rebecca Shalon here this week, and of course, I have another exciting guest for you. We've got Jessica Dillaretto today. Hi, Jess. Hello. I'm really excited for you to be on this show because she's honestly one of the most inspiring people that we're going to have on. Like, she has been through quite a lot and has, um, you know, has an amazing like sphere of influence. Uh, she's a YouTuber. She's got a really cool Insta, and she's also a teacher. So. Constantly molding the minds of others and sharing information and inspiration. So uh, Jess, do you want to give people a rundown of of who you are and what you do? That was such a nice intro. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so my name is Jess uh, or Jessica, I should say. Um, And so I am a teacher by day and a PCOS awareness gal, I'd say by night. Um, I started a small channel or I started a very non-existent channel to help uh, teenagers and young women. Kind of go through their PCOS symptoms and see if they have PCOS. And uh, PCOS, by the way, is polycystic ovarian syndrome. One in ten women have it, but it's uh, it's better now. But it was really hard to be diagnosed before. So um, I started a really small channel for that. So it's not that big, but I do it on the side, um, and it's it's been really lovely. So yeah, that's just
1: that's all about me. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So PCOS, you said it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. And what, what does that mean exactly? What, what exactly is it? Oh, what is it not? That's the better question. (laughs) Uh, So
2: PCOS, what they've discovered now, the new data is showing that it's an insulin resistance syndrome. uh, And basically it affects like your whole endocrine system. And this is uh, specifically females with women. And women start seeing these symptoms kind of pop up uh, during puberty, -puberty, post-puberty. And it's everything from irregular periods or no periods at all, cystic acne, really rapid. Uh, weight gain um, restlessness and like uh, trouble sleeping um, like a lot of sugar cravings Uh, there's just like your hair loss like a lot of women deal with balding or like hair loss your hair thinning or getting hair in areas that you didn't have before like under your chin or like on your chest Um, and so it's basically due to the fact that your insulin has taken over as the dominant hormone and that your um, your androgens, which are more male dominated hormones, take over your androgens, your testosterone, and it creates kind of like havoc on your endocrine system. And so, uh, a lot of women are improperly diagnosed because I mean, they all remember being teenagers. So many of us have acne, or like so many of us are our metabolism changes, so you know, we gain weight quickly, or like there's all these things. But what they found is if you have I believe three to five of these symptoms, it counts now as PCOS. Um, and another one is a big one is cysts on your ovaries. Uh, that's another big one. So, yeah, now the data is so much better. I feel like doctors are like so much more on it. Um, and, yeah, they're finding one in ten now are being diagnosed with this.
1: Mm. It is interesting because um, it's called polycystic ovarian syndrome, but you don't actually have to have the cyst, um uh, symptom t- in order to be diagnosed, right? Exactly. So they basically, because it's a syndrome, it's basically a
2: cluster of symptoms, and they basically have to look at all the things you have. And it's basically a, a process of elimination to find out if that's what you have. So they'll test mm-hmm. things from your hormone levels, and then it like you may have like almost ish balanced hormones, but then you might have all the other things, which. Most likely your hormones are not balanced if the other things are happening. Um, but, you know, you could have three and like there's a spectrum, right? So some women have it quite harshly. They might have like 10 to 12 of those symptoms. Some women might only have three to five. Um, but, yeah, it is very interesting for sure.
1: Yeah, and it has a lot of uh, you know com- comorbidities and, and symptoms that are similar to other things such as endometriosis or mm-hmm. um, things like that. I know that for, for me when I was younger, like I had really, really painful periods and a lot of um, things going wrong, but they always just kind of told me like it was normal and in my head and I just needed to kind of t- to deal with it and like now I'm 32 fast forward to a diagnosis of PCOS and also being treated for endometriosis <laughs> and <laughs> it's like ah, oh, okay cool I-, I did know what was going on with my body no worries <laughs> <laughs> totally and I think that's like one of the things
2: with you know science is amazing in that you know we're discovering new things every day and I think there are so many people in the world that were pioneers with like these things that they knew were happening to their body, but there was real, no concrete explanation for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's good that, you know, these are coming through the woodwork now in, in a great way. So
1: I think the most important thing um, that should be talked about when it comes to health is to really honor what you're feeling. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, even if you get first, second opinions, all that sort of thing, a lot of people will have opinions on, on the way you're feeling. And if, if something's not feeling right, like you really do have to honour what you are hearing from your body and, and follow that path and not just sort of like blindly believe what someone else is saying, whether you do or don't have something.
2: Totally. And I think I really think a good approach to this as well is kind of get a holistic view in terms of kind of get an opinion from all the different types of medical fields. And I think that's really where I started seeing the best results was, you know, listening to Western medicine, but also trying naturopaths, um, you know, and just kind of seeing the different perspectives on how you can cure or not, well, you can't cure PCOS, but how to manage your symptoms better. Um, And that was really kind of, a novelty for me to do something like that, so I recommend that as well for sure. But yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, if I had listened, to, I'm not trying to bash doctors. My gosh, like yeah, doctors, no, are, doctors like are amazing, the <laughs> best. Like literally, the. Uh, if I could go back, Rebecca, I would be a doctor. Like, I just, yeah, I think, I think I missed the ball. Yeah, I just like, I just wasn't like into science, but like I was always into really helping people. But mm-hmm. I was good at science. I just wasn't into it, and I was like, now I'm like, man, Jess, if you could go back, like, what? A a great job but um no I just think like if I had taken I remember so many doctors gave me different opinions this was before I was diagnosed they kind of I mean this was 10 years ago more than 10 years ago and I had like years and years of no answers and if I had listened to the first doctor that just said you know you're just going through puberty Mm -hmm. or the second doctor who said you know you're going to the gym too much like there was always one thing or the other and I knew that like wasn't it Mm -hmm. um so I'm not saying don't trust your doctors because you know 99.9% of the time they do but it doesn't help to like doesn't hurt sorry to get a second or third opinion for sure yeah
1: it's it's about a combination thing like uh, doctors are people too and they can only help you as much as you let them and and let them in as well they need to know if what they're saying isn't resonating because if it's something else then it's their job to find out and they they will work with you as long as you're vocal about it right Mm -hmm. totally (laughs) Totally. and that's that's key like that comes with but the thing is
2: Becca like that comes with confidence right like that comes Mm -hmm. with and I feel like a lot of teens, especially if you're listening, like that kind. I didn't have that confidence. Like, I am lucky that I had like a dad that was like, "That is not good enough. We're mm-hmm. going somewhere else." Because, like, as a teenager, when someone tells you something, you're you're more compliant. You're more timid. Yeah. Um. You don't really have those years behind you to be like, mm, "I don't know about that." So. A hundred percent. You know, so I think if you're a teen listening to this too, like I think the importance of going with an adult, if you have one, if not, I mean like you strap up and you do you and you yeah. try an artist. Um, but yeah, I think it is important to remember like when we were that age and if we would have been,
1: oh. you know. Yeah, definitely important to advocate for yourself. I, I definitely remember being in doctor's offices when I was younger and like the doctor would ask me a question and I'd literally just look at my mom. <laughs> and it's like, mom's like go on I can't answer this <laughs> yeah for
2: sure for sure and I think that's where it was a little bit hard for me because I didn't get my, like I was kind of getting the worst of it in my university years. And I was living out of the house at that time. I was uh, in the dorms and, you know, I was at university living my fabulous best life. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's when like the first time I was going to doctors, like all, I guess since I was like 17, 18 going by myself, but that was like when, yeah, I truly had to start advocating for myself. Right. Because there Mm -hmm. was no one saying, well, what about this? Or that's not good enough. So I guess like, threw me off the deep end but in a a good way
1: yeah and it's totally easier said than done but I mean you you're a teacher as well so maybe some of your training there has helped you because you've you've learned to like communicate in more effective ways to be listened to maybe I mean perhaps I think yeah I mean oh
2: gosh teaching has taught me so much more than I'll yeah like it's just I mean but you know when I was that age I didn't have teaching in my background you know and so Hmm. I think now yeah, you know, there's a there's almost an art to you know communicating with people effectively, like and mm-hmm. voicing concerns in like a constructive, professional and and kind way.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because if you bark at someone, you're definitely not going to get what you want. But also, if you cross that line and you're in the other direction where you're not assertive, you won't get what you want either. Right. So there's this, like there's a very fine line. Um, And that doesn't go just with doctors. That's just communicating Mm -hmm. with anyone, right? Um, So, and I think with me... What's really helped communicate with doctors, and again, this is the teacher in me, is just collecting so much data. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're a teen and you feel like you are experiencing similar symptoms, I mean, write them all down. Put them on a note on your phone um, or get an app that tracks um, your menstrual cycles or just do something that you can present the doctor and just say, hey, like I was this weight in sept on september 1st and now it's september 19th and i'm this weight and i haven't changed anything because look at my food diary or like look at i knew something was wrong because of like this or like Mm -hmm. look at my my menstrual like look at my periods like i didn't get one the last three months because look at my chart like do you know what i mean like have And I think doctors respond to that because they're data-driven as well, right? So if you're presenting, like, almost like a visual of, like, things that you're experiencing, I really... And that's for parents as well. Like, if your child is coming to you with these concerns, I think having that, uh, like, that documentation is, is really key.
1: Hmm, That's definitely a good point. Being, being armed with knowledge and data mm-hmm. to sort of back up your claims so that... Because, you know, doctors... I, like, again, not to bad mouth doctors or whatever, but sometimes they will dismiss things of it, like, being, like, a hypochondria kind of thing. So unless you come with, like, the knowledge and, like, evidence... Sometimes Mm -hmm. it it can happen because, you know, they're people, too, and they get exhausted and they they are presented with a lot of, like, sort of false claims as well. But we we won't get into that. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so you you found sort of confidence behind knowledge and data. But what helped you find your voice and, like, the freedom to express? like Um, In terms of, like, the PCOS kind of? In in terms of yeah. in general, like PCOS and just in general, because we're talking a lot about like sort of advocating for yourself and, and yeah. you know, that doesn't come naturally. What helped you find your voice? Oh, my gosh. What a
2: great question. Um, I think age. I think there's a lot to be said with the the older you are, the more you know, the wiser you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not always. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think, you know age I think surrounding yourself with people that really push you in a good way in a positive way so surrounding yourself with people that are like yeah you should tell them that or like yeah you should do that or like pushing you to advocate for yourself I think like you are who your friends are to an extent you know so if you're with a group of people that are like no don't say anything or don't go to the doctor or don't don't stand up for what you believe in or don't then that's how what that's how you're gonna be you know what I mean Mm -hmm. So I think um, surrounding yourself with really like loving, kind um, individuals who care for your mental health and and your health in general I think is important, um, and I think I think it comes with as well spending time on yourself, which doesn't really happen anymore. I think. I grew up a lot by traveling and experiencing things and just constantly being thrown off the deep end. Like, when I say constantly, like I was like every year, multiple times a year, switching things up, moving countries, you know, going to different universities constantly and always by myself, constantly having to make new friends, meet new professors, be in new cities. And when you throw yourself off the deep end like that, you get confidence because you're like, wow, I did that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you're like, wow, like I I went away and I lived by myself and I didn't know anyone and like I am doing okay. Like look at me now. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think years of that really helped me find my voice because I was able to really like find out – sounds so cliche, but like really find out like who I am because mm. – I think now people think time to yourself is like scrolling through social media for like three hours at night. And you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, I really got that downtime. It's like, but how did you like, how did you, it's not even about like improving yourself. It's like, how did you connect with yourself at all during that time? You didn't like, you like lived vicariously through a feed, you know? So I think really getting time to like do things on your own whether that's like pick up a hobby or like read a book or just like I used to just like sit in a room and listen to music with no phone like nothing like mm-hmm. just those times I think really aren't valuable like especially as a teenager like like my my most like amazing most pivotal moments of like finding that voice came after like moments of silence and like moments of self-reflection and it was like even like me becoming a teacher like I was actually so I actually used to work for Universal and Disney Mm. um, in their marketing and publicity team and in Toronto and they offered me a job in LA and I was in my last year of university and they're like when you graduate um you should, you know, we want this position for you in LA and like, you know, so glamorous and like whatever. And I actually ended up going to Europe. I went to Paris that week, uh, by myself. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And I went, I love traveling by myself, but it was in that moment, like for the first time now in like a year, I was by myself. not saying go to Paris. I mean, you could be in your room for God's sake, but like, (laughs) but like I was alone and I was able to really reflect and think, without any like any input from anybody else and like that's when I was like I don't want to work for like the music industry I want to help people like I don't want to like I mean I was like doing Justin Bieber's publicity and I was and I was Mm -hmm. like I don't want to do that I don't want to like live my life deciding which restaurant Justin Bieber is going to get photographed in like bless Justin Bieber but like do you know what I mean (laughs) if I I can have that escape for those few days, I would have never,
1: I would have never, ever come to that conclusion ever. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I do think being like having time to yourself and being able to connect with yourself, as you said, is super, super important. And a lot of the time, I think people um, will only do that if they have spare time. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't become like dedicated time. And I think that like what you're saying there was probably like the biggest lesson for me in, in learning that because once I realized I could say no, because spending time with myself was a valid way to spend my time. Like Mm -hmm. that was a game changer. I think huge. huge. And like I said, it doesn't have to be, I think
2: like I, I, I'm not really a big fan of this whole like self care kind of trend happening. Well, it's been happening for on social media. Like, the fact that like you need to spend all this money in order to like Mm -hmm. feel better, but it seems to be mostly like, you know, like do a face mask and like, but it's like, there's all these things that I'm like, how is that? Like, you'll feel like physically maybe refreshed, but Mm -hmm. like, is that catering to like you, like in your, like I always think of like you as like your brain and your heart. Like, is that helping your brain and your heart? Mm. And like, I think the magic is when like your brain and your heart are like working together. Like that's the clutch. Like that's where the magic happens.
1: Yeah, I I like that. What we're going to do is we're going to go for a short break. And in that break, we want you to think about what you've done today uh, to help your brain and what you've done today to help your heart. It's a good thing to think about. (laughs) All right, we'll go to a break.
2: the internet's number one talk
0: station number one talk station Voiceamerica.com. hey you yeah you are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up well we can help what if we gave you the money to start your own business all you have to do is join the teen wealth club Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out globalteenwealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 That's 1-855-866-8336. Globalteenwealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time the number
2: one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
0: you are tuned in to teen wealth radio to join in the conversation send an email to brandy at global that's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Here with Rebecca Shalon and Jessica DiLoretto. Uh, and just before the break, we were talking about uh, trying to think about what you've done today to help your heart and to help your brain. Do, do you have an answer for that, Jess? At the same (laughs) time, I think an example
2: of that would be like listening to music that you love while simultaneously like reading a book. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. like, a perfect example of, like, or and reading a book you, like, are interested in, you know? Like, that's a perfect example of, like, helping feed your brain while also feeding your soul. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Or, like, learning a new hobby but doing it with a friend. So, again, Mm -hmm. like, helping your brain, helping your heart, you know? And that's why I think I'm such an advocate for, like, travel because especially if you're by yourself, there are so many, I mean, constant trying to navigate a new city. I mean, (laughs) I feel so old. But like when me and my friends traveled when we were like 17, there was no Google Maps. Like we were using straight up maps.
1: That's so true.
2: Right? I you was too. like an
1: atlas on my lap. Oh, my yes. <laughs>
2: like literally had to go buy the local maps. Like if we were in London or Paris or wherever, like you had to buy the map, navigate by yes. yourself. There was no one being like, okay, hey, get on the subway. And in five stops, you're getting off. You're like, no, you had to know what stop you're getting off on. Like you're, and, and, Talking to people when you get you get lost all the time. So having to approach strangers, like that's where I'm seeing these confidence things get built in. Like mm-hmm. if you're in the city by yourself and you don't know where you are and you don't have like imagine, I know every team listening here has like a cell phone or whatever, but like imagine being literally that little Google Maps guy being dropped in the middle of a foreign city, no Wi-Fi, no phone. Like mm-hmm. you'll learn to swim really fast.
1: You know. Yeah. What I mean? These so. days you can you can Google Maps even inside a shopping center. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ideally yeah, but like if you're not
2: around a shopping center, I mean yeah. now it's so different. Now it's it so is. different. But even with like Google Maps like you're still going to be walking somewhere totally new. Or, like, if you're going to school away, that's totally new. Or, like, making new friends, like, that's new territory. Are mm-hmm. they going to like me? Are they going to find me, like, nice? What am I going to do with them? Like, these are all things that make your brain think yeah. on its feet, you know? Um, so, yeah. yeah, I-
1: Creating those new pathways and with experiences is definitely important. And, and you've done that, like, in your career. Like, you started out in this – you know, wild and crazy world of publicity, and, and then you went into teaching. Um, and and now you've got this other sort of branch of who you are with uh, how the PCOS advocacy took off. Like, how has it been adjusting to to being an influencer?
2: <laughs> I don't know
1: if I'm quite
2: the influencer. Um <laughs> I'm quite small. Um, no, I just think I think my intention with it was never. I think it's a little bit different for me because I know now, like speaking from students, like they if you hear noise, my kitten is trying to break in. To <laughs> in, so that's what the thing that, okay. is. So <laughs> sorry about that. Um, no, so I think I think um, my intention was never to be a YouTuber or be an influencer. It was almost mm. just to help young women which I found there was a lack of on YouTube for PCOS Um, and I remember thinking you know if if this just helps one person Mm -hmm. I'd be so happy like just one like if I was able to give someone what I didn't have when I was that age I'd be so happy so like it's nice that we have a small community now but Mm -hmm. um yeah I think like the like I think now obviously there's people that you know that's their goal is to become, you know, a YouTuber, an influencer, mm. which is like, whatever. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, I think as my goal was a little bit different. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's still an entrepreneur uh, mindset, right. right? Like you identified a gap in the market and things that needed to happen. And YouTube is your platform in, in which that you do that.
2: So, yeah. And I've always had that, like like in high school, I started, I've always had that like entrepreneurial mind. Like I remember mm-hmm. in high school, I had my own like online magazine. Like this is just like, do you remember the artist lights?
1: I know. I don't know. Is that a Canadian thing though? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's
2: true. Okay. So, yeah. she, <laughs> played, okay, so she was really big here in Canada mm. and I was 16. Okay. 16. And I wanted to know, What I wanted to know, I think like what she ate for breakfast, it was such a wild, like, so silly of like, anyway, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And any interview she did, no one asked her what she had for breakfast. So I was like, you know what, like, I'm starting my own magazine. And like, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her. And like, I don't know if she pitied me or whatever, but she (laughs) agreed to the interview. I don't think she knew I was 16 because it was all through email, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, like, so professional. I created the website all by myself. Um, I had, like, a friend do, like, the photographs. And, like, anyways, because she said yes and gave me that interview and, like, a month later had, like, a huge hit and was, like, at her prime, Mm. that Meg – I had interviews with like so many celebrities because she said yes but again it was like if it's not there I'm just gonna do it and I think I've always kind of had that mentality yeah Um, that magazine lasted until I was like in university and then just like work got so busy that I couldn't keep up with it anymore but um I think if you're passionate about something and you have drive like just do it yeah (laughs) go for it like I know it's cliche again, but, like, the worst thing that can happen is that, like, it, it doesn't happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. the worst thing that could have happened was her team said, no, we're not giving you the interview. And I would have been upset about it. And then I've been like, right, I'll
1: find someone else to interview. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Exactly. You don't know if you don't try. Got to be in it to win it. All the things. <laughs> all the cliches. Yeah. All, all the mug mottos. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when your YouTube sort of started taking off... Um, yeah what kind of things did you immediately have to like sort of add to your toolkit and to to keep up with it like what what tips would you say for someone whose channel just like starts blowing up overnight totally um I think definitely
2: have um a really strong idea like create a media kit I didn't have a media kit um but a media brand kit that basically you say what your rates are um per hour or if you're going to be doing a sponsored post, um, having that information and giving it to companies is super important. Um, but at the beginning I would suggest like, I guess a tip too is like take a lot of free stuff and offer to do like trades for free because that's how you build your like brand, like loyalty Mm -hmm. and your brand, like I guess trust that you're going to be able to cover a product correctly. Um, and also again, I think a lot of maybe not, but for me anyways, I didn't really document all the things coming in and out, I didn't really think that any brand would ever want to work with me because, again, it was not my goal to work with brands. My goal was mm-hmm. to just, like, help, like, women. So when brands started reaching out to me, been like, hey, like, we're going to send you this, like, let me know what you think, I didn't record any of it. Um, and I think that's important down the line. Like, now I do. Now I have an Excel spreadsheet that like any brand that reaches out to me I record like when what the offer was or whatever what the product was so that you know you have that with you when it helps you with further down the line with brands because you can say I've worked with xyz Mm -hmm. um and it's like resulted in this um so I think I think for me the brand side of things was something I mean I had I had an idea of how it worked just because I had that magazine when I was younger. So I worked with plenty of brands in the past, but I think now the, like I get so many emails every day with like random brands, you know, which is amazing asking to like do partnerships. So Mm -hmm. time I think is a huge thing,
1: (laughs) but (laughs) I don't know is there anything you sort of wish you knew um, when you first started out that you know now? Um, I think, yeah, I think for me,
2: I don't really have a brand. Like I know people talk about that all the time and the importance and it is very important. I think I'm not really stressed about mine because again, it's is not like a a career path I want to go down. But I think Mm -hmm. if you are someone who wants to be a YouTuber, you want to be an influencer, I think it's really important to think of the content that you're putting out, the fonts that you're going to use, the images that you're going to use, the filters you're going to use. Like, I think it's really important to have a kind of brand identity that when people visit your channel, they know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really have that. Mine's more of like a space to just like, go. And like, I always say all the time, like I post stuff about PCOS, but I also post stuff that like, I, I like posting because like, this is a channel not aimed at like getting growth. It's just aimed at, it was always a place to like help other people and also serve a a spot for me to like help me feel happy. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Well, on, on happiness, how do you sort of deal with that social media burnout? Cause that can be a lot more harsh when you're in an influencer realm.
2: Oh, it's so bad, Becca. <laughs> so I, it's a double-edged sword for me because my degree was in media psychology. So I mm-hmm. studied how media affects you in like so many, four years of studying the effects of media. And like, lo and behold, this was pre- Instagram like I think when I graduated was when Instagram first launched mm-hmm. so this was only with like Facebook basically and there was already so much data and like obviously I studied it historically with like TV and radio and like all of that um so I know like the awful like I know there's so many good things about social media but I'm telling you right now from somebody in the like if there's so many more cons than pros um mm-hmm. and now from a teacher standpoint I read the newest research all the time and it's just one negative thing after the next on like brain development with children and like being on an iPad and like all of that stuff. So it's kind of scary to read this stuff. I don't think many people know about like all of these things. So I think with social media burnout and this was something that again, I didn't prepare for because I was someone that went on social media like once in a while and now when I have this, I feel like I need to be on it so much more because Instagram values when you're posting more on your stories. Like get mm-hmm. the algorithm likes it better. So the more you post, the more you'll get pushed to the beginning of people's feeds or algorithms uh, mm-hmm. or stories, I should say. And I notice a direct correlation with, like, I have sweaters for, like, my brand. So, like, I'll notice, like, higher sweater sales. I'll notice more views on my video when I'm more active on Instagram. But when I was, like, screw this, I'm leaving, which was a few months ago. I actually deleted the app, and I didn't go on it for a few months. Like, everything plummeted, mm. like, So sales went way down for my sweaters, like views went way down because like now there was no other area driving in those views or promoting it. So now I have it back and I just like, I wish you could see me right now. Like my hands are pressed against my forehead. Like I just can't stand it. Like for so, I see how it affects my students. I can't stand it. I see how it affects families. I can't stand it. I see how it affects me. I can't stand it but i can't send it the most because i need it for my career to right go. do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i can't say anymore i can't have this app so it's just like i have to do it and i
1: hate that i have to do it i, I very much relate to that <laughs> being in the in the media industry as well like you you can't not like no, even especially even these with you. days. Yeah. Like with acting and stuff, um, you can no longer just like go get called in for an audition kind of thing. They they look at your social media now and they yes. want to know that they you have a, a following that they can invest in. Right. Like, so it's already established. Yeah.
2: So, I was actually yeah. shocked one year. This was when I was in university waitressing and I went to apply for like this super trendy, like bar downtown Toronto. And I remember mm-hmm. they asked me, for my social media handle. And I was like, why? Like we want to see how many followers you have. I'm like, Oh, so that's the way the world is Mm -hmm, going now. mm -hmm. Like you could have like the most amazing person for the job, but like, they don't really care about Instagram and like, therefore like we're not hiring you. Like
1: I just think it's wild. It's like black mirror. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's, Unfortunately, because it's not an indicator of like how good you would be at um, the job and things like that. Like you might be really, really great at managing social media as a job, but not want to take that home to your own thing. And then to have your work be judged on your own private space. It's like someone coming into your bedroom and like judging your office on the yes you
2: I know know what what I mean. it's like okay like not to throw shade at anybody because I'm like the worst with this too but it's like someone and we can all relate to this it's like someone being like okay we might hire you but let me see your inbox and how it's organized yeah like, your inbox. like
1: excuse me
2: and you'd be you like mean? what well if you're labeled this way and you have this many emails and you have like then you'll be it's like why does that have any what is that a doesn't correlate to B all the time you know in some jobs yes yeah. but mostly no so it's just like you can yeah. have so many amazing actors who yeah don't partake in social media and like now they're hindered like it's just crazy to me anyway.
1: yeah it's it's definitely crazy <laughs> but unfortunately that's kind of the world we live in at the moment but is there anything we can do to sort of like try to change that narrative on our own social media <sighs> I think the and I'm coming from like a female and actually I'm from a male perspective. I think
2: the best thing you can do is be genuine. And I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing that's kind of gone downhill because if you think about it when we first had Instagram, it was it was always like that FOMO. It was always, you know, I wish I was doing what my friends doing because their lives look so perfect. Mm-hmm. But at least it was photos of like you and your friends and like there was no photoshop or I should say not photoshop anymore like what's it called facetune or like any like that didn't exist so it's like you looked how you looked and you were there showing things that you like whereas now I just feel like it's so ingenuine like yeah from like the over filtration of things and the over like compensating for like doing things or buying things you can't afford to like show them off like And I think if everybody was a little bit more genuine on their feeds, I think the pressure would be a little bit less for everybody. And people would be happier scrolling through their feeds because it's like, oh, like my friends are buying what I'm buying. Like, not everyone's buying these designer things. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know, like you'd have more relatability? Whereas now it's like, it's so it's so awful out there like it's just like a competition for everything for looks to things to to education like it's just it's nonstop. Yeah.
1: I definitely agree like social media is that double-edged sword where it can be so helpful and, and provide such wonderful opportunities but there's also just a lot of toxicity around it. But mm-hmm. um, we are going to take a short break and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about some tips for burnout. Woo.
0: stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com hey you yeah you are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up well we can help what if we gave you the money to start your own business all you have to do is join the teen wealth club even if you have no idea what you want to do we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out globalteenwealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 866 teen. That's 1-855-866-8336. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abedier show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are
1: in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned into Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at com. That's brandy with an I at com. Now back to this week's show.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. You're with Rebecca Shalon and Jessica is telling us her top tips for dealing with social media burnout. So take it away, Jess.
2: I mean, like, ideally, I'd say delete the app. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, apps, I should say. I think for sure get rid of Twitter. Like, that, just gone. by. Um, <laughs> and then I think, in terms of, I know, and I know that's not ideal. I know, you know, even for my own students, like, there's just like a million and one. Like, what is there now? There's like Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Teams don't really use Facebook anymore. So, like, you got Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, yeah. There's so many, I I think Twitch, I think, I think my use the controls on your phone. Um, I know iPhone now offers you like a timed experience per day on these things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you set your time per day to like 20, 30 minutes max of social media, where you're kind of receiving a balance of, you know, you get a little bit, but like, you're also like living your own life. If you feel like those controls won't work for you. Um, I think, I think you kind of have to, this is what I always tell myself, which hopefully will help somebody. It's just like one day we're all going to be unable to move or read or write or like hear. And we're all going to be like in a bed in some retirement home, not able to do anything but be on a computer, Mm -hmm. you know, um, And this is the times of our lives where we, or the time of our lives where we can be like outside doing things, experiencing, things, meeting people. I mean, now we can't meet anybody, but like you get the gist. Mm -hmm. And I think if you are catching yourself in bed all day on social media, I mean, really have to think about that and like how how you're kind of throwing away your youth. And like, even Mm. me, I'm turning 30. So like, I'm super old, but like, even now, like (laughs) I'll wake up on like a Sunday and like, I'll catch myself watching like hours of YouTube. And it's just like, yeah, yes, like, and I just think of my grandparents. It's like, all they can do now is watch YouTube. Like they can't do anything. Like, why am I doing this? You know? Mm -hmm. So I really think balance is key to everything. I think I'm not saying delete everything. I think, you know, um, Take it in small doses Mm -hmm. um, to avoid media burnout for sure. Uh, In terms of parents listening, there's so much data now on like the horrible effects of social media. We have the highest rate of teen anxiety and depression and suicide that is correlated now to social media. Mm -hmm. We have like um, teens feeling like they aren't good enough or that they need to be CEO by the time they graduate or that they need like the most amazing designer pieces. Um, These are all due to social media, which then creates, again, depression. It creates um, unhappiness with your own life, um, not satisfied with your own life. Um, And, you know, if you have a young one, Uh, Being on an iPad, again, like you are taking away your child's ability to use that time to communicate, to manipulate, to have these social experiences where it might seem so innocent, like, oh, half an hour here, half an hour there. But Mm -hmm. those hours after a while are like hours that your child could have been crawling, could have been trying to communicate with an adult, could have been playing with manipulatives that are now... And we're seeing like the lowest rates ever of literacy and fine motor skills. Like, so many children can't hold a pencil because instead of playing with tactile things, they're just tapping on a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, even comprehension wise, like it's just all of all the studies from the whole world that come out show ninety nine percent you know, negativity towards any screen use at all. So I'm not going to, you know, say delete it because that's like a utopian world where, you know, you Mm -hmm. would. Because teens, if everybody has it, like then you would feel disconnected as well, you know? Yeah. So I I don't think it's that. I just think A, limit yourself and B, if you're going to be on it, try and find people on these apps who align with making you feel good. And delete the people that don't. Yeah. So if you ever are scrolling through your feed and you're like, wow, like I wish what I had what he had or I would she had, delete them. I mean, your friends yeah. or whatever. But I think fill your feed with things, again, that are going to make you think differently or feel happy or give you some inspiration, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. And like, definitely with what you're saying, I'm, what I'm hearing is like, there's not really a one size fits all for this sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's going to have different levels of addiction and, and needs of having it, like, depending on their careers and all that sort of stuff. Um, So, I guess you kind of, what we're getting at is that you need to draw boundaries that you stick to. And whatever those boundaries okay. look like for you are fine. Like, whether that's like an hour a day or a day uh, a week kind of thing. Like, Depending yeah. on what you um are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like how how would you like for you know, not speaking from someone who's completely addicted to social media at all? <laughs> uh how would you like go about like starting to implement something like that when your default is just picking up your phone like totally. everything?
2: I know this sounds wild and it's living on the edge, but I really honestly if you delete,
1: <laughs> I, I feel so silly. I mean, you keep I saying I, delete and that honestly is giving me so much anxiety. I know. Too. I just
2: see my like teenage students like squirming in their seats. If, 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 if I just, no, because I want to say like this. If you were to delete it for one week, okay, one week, mm. you will find that you've filled your time with other things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You'll find that you've talked to people more maybe that's even like texting your friends more calling your friends more whatever and you'll find that you're happier and you'll find that what you miss is just talking to your friends more than the feed you won't miss like tiktok feeds you won't miss the instagram feeds you'll miss the fact that you could like instant message on there with your friends or like send each other memes and all that like that's what you'll miss which you can do via text but um It goes to show you that, like, you don't need it and there's more out there and that, like, if you had it in a smaller dose, it'd be better for you. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I really just, like, do it with your friends. Oh, my gosh, what a plan. Do it with your (laughs) friends. Everyone, just one week. One week, delete it for one week and just see the dynamic in your friendship group. Um, you also kind of see who your real friends are because a real friend will like text you or call you when you don't have that stuff. And someone that you're not really that close to probably won't, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would, I don't know. I just like, again, I think I know too much because of my background.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's such um, an interesting background and I'm sure it's like served you very well with all of these very different career paths that you've gone down because you've yeah. kind of like kept your head above water and in, in a place that it's very easy to drown.
2: Very easy to drown. And I just see mm-hmm. it. I see it in students that are so young, like six or seven addicted to screens. And it's really mm-hmm. like having to see a psychologist because like they tantrum if their screens are in front of mm-hmm. them. And I see teenagers who are so talented at a variety of things, whether that's doing, the, whether it's art or writing poems or playing soccer or whatever it is. And it completely dissipates because now instead of practicing that skill that they love, that again, serves their mind and their heart, they're scrolling on feeds and petting themselves and like feeling sorry for themselves because like they don't look a certain way. And also the data, this is very interesting. The data shows that even though, you know, so for example, if you were told like in these studies that they did, even if you know a photo is face tuned, so let's say they said, this is a photo of somebody, but we face tuned her completely. And this is what we've done. And then they present you that photo. You still feel the same amount of upset. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, like, do you know, even though it's a concrete, she's made herself thinner here. We've done this. When you see the photo, your brain still feels upset. Mm. So Like it's, it's kind of, it's wild. Like, You know, and I just think hours, can you imagine hours of scrolling through something that you know, like you're going to get the meme here and there that makes you laugh. But a lot of it is also like comparing yourself, right? That's why I mean, like, I think it also makes a difference on what your feed is and what you're seeing. Yeah. If you're someone that's really into like soccer, fill your feed with like soccer players and like soccer tips and like whatever. Or if you're into like art or whatever, do you know what I mean? Like fill your feed with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. at least you're getting kind of some positive things versus it all just being this, you know, sea of unhappiness.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a good tip. You want to like so taking uh the signals from your body, like listening to like what makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad and just removing anything that doesn't make you feel good. And then trying to build a community of inspiration and things that you connect to that do serve, serve your brain and heart because as much as social media can be toxic, it can also be a place where you, you do find your your brain and heart feels mm-hmm. like, to, for example, mm-hmm. like your channel and all that sort of thing. But um, speaking of your channel, where can people find it? <laughs> so, uh, on YouTube, it's just Jessica Diana um and hopefully it pops
2: up uh yeah mm-hmm. so on youtube and then on instagram it's also jessica d diana my profile is on private because i am a teacher so i can't let um my own students in so that's mm-hmm. how i set it out so if i get any requests i have to make sure that they're not one of my students um so yeah safety always first yeah
1: <laughs> there's such complicated like rules uh behind social media and and being an educator um Mm -hmm. yeah very very strict for sure so that must um, be a very difficult like sort of line to navigate yeah (laughs) I think it's it's definitely
2: hindered my growth in terms of like my youtube and whatever just because Mm -hmm. again I have to like I can't have my profile public which means I can't like promote things or I can't see certain yeah. data things that like a public one would so yeah it, it definitely but again to me that's not important like to me the growth isn't important the growth is helping so I I don't yeah. mind at all
1: yeah it's such an interesting sort of like because it's not really like a purgatory like but it's just it kind of like you know what I mean like you can't really go either way but like yes. you're there
2: totally I totally am walking the line with like yeah. you know wanting to be professional but my thought is always like if a student saw this would it be okay and that's a student if they're six up to 18 like would this be Mm -hmm. appropriate and if the answer is yes it's good to go um Mm And then Instagram, I always yeah, keep private for that because you would be amazed at the lengths students will go to to find you on Instagram. It's hilarious.
0: So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a challenge. Uh, but we are coming towards the end of the show, and there is a question that uh, Brandy always likes to ask every one of our guests that come on, uh, and that's if you had 60 seconds where the whole world just had to sit and listen to what you had to say, what would you want to impart?
2: Oh, that's a good question.
1: That's so hard. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh! Can't save that to the end for sixty. I know, seconds. right?
2: <laughs> um, God, if I had sixty seconds, I think again as cliche as it's cliche as it sounds, like life is so short, and especially being young. You're not going to be young forever. You're not going to have this time to really do the things you love all the time and, like, worry about just you and your friends forever. It's such a small snapshot in, like, the like the line of your life. And I think, you know, really take advantage of that. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: really run with your instinct and run with how you feel and do things that make you happy. I, for the longest time didn't do things that make me happy or just like listened to the wrong people or, you know, didn't trust my gut. And like, it always brought me in the wrong space. And I think, yeah, I think everybody needs to remember that like, there's a space for happiness. And I know like parents are listening, like, well, I have like three kids and like, there's this and that totally, I totally, I can't even imagine, you know, that kind of thing. But I think, if you could find even like 5 minutes of doing could be a song listen to a song that you want to like scream <laughs> to in a car like yell and like like lip sync to or whatever like it's finding those little pieces of happiness throughout the day that i do think make a difference um, and also i love
1: that there's there's a lot to that that's you know living life finding your moments and like really listening to what it is that your heart and your brain need to get through but it has been Absolutely (laughs) wonderful talking to you, Jessica. Make sure you uh, follow her and Jessica, Diana. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course, a pleasure. And yeah, thanks everyone. We'll be here same time, same place next week, 5 p.m. PST on Teen Wealth Radio.